0: Morning, thank you, Pastor Darren. You may be seated. Well, there's some people in this room I love. I know some things going on. You needed that song right there. I'm not going to be shaken. We're going to trust God. Keep our eyes on Him. Will you take your Bibles to First Corinthians chapter two this morning? First Corinthians chapter two. Glad to see all of you. We have Special guests in the service, lots of them, and I'm glad to see you and those of you watching at home. Um, hurry back, hurry home, hurry home. We'd love to see you. It won't be long. I, we understand some are in compromised health situations, and but, but uh, I hope you'll be able to be with us quite soon. If you didn't hear, if you weren't here for Bible study this morning, I want to strongly encourage you, not just for today, but uh, specifically for today, to go back and view on our f- uh, Facebook page um, the message or the lesson this morning on do not take the name of the Lord in vain. I, I saw that text in a totally different way. God spoke to me. And uh, I just want to challenge you as a church. I think it's a word for all of us that we desperately need in this moment. And so let me encourage you to, to, uh, to view that. Pastor James made a statement in it that I want you in particular to hear regarding God not endorsing. Um, so it's interesting. I'm not going to tell. I'm not going to spoil it. I want you to go and take a look at it. Well, I uh, I've been mulling on this one and preparing this little message for months. I, I don't know why today was the day. It just I knew that this was the morning that I was supposed to preach this truth. And to be honest with you. Uh, I know you're about to OD on me because I've preached the last couple Sundays and then on Wednesdays too, and I'm ready for some Dr. Cloud myself, frankly, because uh, he takes us a little deeper and it's sweet. And he's over with the uh, Spanish language service this morning, but uh, man, I I could say this—he's not here. Lynn, don't you tell him I said this. But he's feeding my soul. Uh, others of you said the same thing. Uh, where God used me in the early years to to help us build some things and all that, boy, he's taking us to a new place. And I, I just see the wisdom of God in bringing him here and the family all the time. And I just praise God for him and I'm looking forward. To, don't worry, he is, he is coming back and there will be more of those sweet, meaty messages. In fact, typically, I preach textual messages or uh, expositional. But this morning, I have a truth. That is best illustrated. In fact, it will be an illustrated message this morning. And I'd hardly ever do this. But this morning, God has something to say to us, to everybody in this room. Uh, Our missionaries to Honduras, Eric and Ashley Woodworth and their precious children, are in the service today. Would you like to see where they are? Would you all stand just for a minute let us embarrass you real good? And can we welcome them and thank the Lord for bringing them here with us? I'm so glad to see y'all. We'll break a little bread together here in a little while. And then I wonder if they'd make it. They just arrived, but I've got another little couple back here, uh, Ben and Kayla Myers, that and their little family that uh, lead a church. They're planting a church in Eaton, Ohio. Anybody know where Eaton, Ohio is? Raise your hand if you know. What. They, two people in this room. One, me, three, two. Literally, I know three. Three of us know where Eaton is. But the Lord called these two out of their local church after the Lord saved them to go and plant this church. And would you all stand up just a minute, too, so the people can see Ben and Kayla. And girls, would you all would y'all stand up, to Look at them. House. Isn't that a pretty family? Let's thank the Lord for bringing them here to us today, too. You say, what are they doing here? Well, they're on vacation. That's what. They're coming back toward through home. And I guilt them into to coming by and, and spending some time with us. And then I had the opportunity of serving their, their church and both of their home church, my missionaries, and then theirs up in the state of Ohio in revival meetings. And I'm so glad to see you all this morning. We'll have a little time together after the service as well. Central's honored to have, uh, well, I'm going to illustrate this later, but I'm going to say first chair folks um, in, uh, in our services today. And there's a lot of you that are sitting here as well. 1 Corinthians Corinthians chapter 2, just before we get in the scriptures, let me tell you the back story. It was 1999 that a man by the name of Bruce Wilkerson, some of you heard that name, uh, shared an illustration, and that illustration really grabbed my heart. And really, God used it in my life for some years. And I'd say, maybe months and months ago, it could have been a year, I was going through my shelves, discarding some books. And I came across this one. It was like the Lord said, set that down on your must-read side. And when I started reading it, the Lord let me know, uh, really made it clear to my heart, that this is a moment that Central is in, and uh, also every person, and it'll help us. So I'm going to be sharing it, uh, an illustration that God brought to my heart this morning. And let me tell you what's going to be accomplished. And I don't want to embarrass you, Jimmy, facing just coming in the door, but I've missed you, and I'm so glad you're here, too. I've been watching for you, me and your buddies, and and I've missed you. So it's your first Sunday back, and I'm very happy about that. There are several of you that this is your first Sunday back, and my heart jumps up and down when I, I see you. This morning's message will help you understand where your choices and your decisions have taken you so far in this life. This little simple illustration is going to show you, young people, you're going to see it too, where your choices and your decisions have taken you so far in this life. Number two, it'll give you a clear picture of God's best for you. What, what is God's best? And whether or not you're enjoying that right now or not. There's a third perspective you're going to see in this little illustration. It's this. It'll help you with steps for your spiritual growth and your spiritual life for the future. You say, Pastor, what do you believe is going to happen this morning? I know what's going to happen. Somebody is going to make life, a life decision this morning. Maybe lots of somebodies. And, and sometimes it's just as simple as us seeing it. You know, I remember years ago reading something about different kind of learners. Did y'all, you know, there's auditory learners, people that learn by hearing. You know, they listen a lot. I like audiobooks, and they learn by hearing. There are other people that learn by uh, seeing, visual learners. They have to see it, like on a screen or something like that, a video. There are other people that are what's called kinesthetic. I think that's the way you say it, learners. These are people that have to put things together. They're active in their learning. So you've got all kinds of learners. And when, when I consider, uh, consider this morning, though I typically get in a text, I, I am convinced this is a key morning, not just for us, but for those that are viewing at home and those that will see the, um, uh, the stream later on. So let's pray, and then we'll jump right into our illustration. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to remove every spirit except the Holy Spirit. Remove every bit of evil, every bit of confusion that would cause us and keep us from hearing your truth this morning. I pray for the unction and the power to preach this truth out of Scripture with this illustration. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would reveal for each of us which chair we are in this morning. I ask that, and believe it, in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son, and our Savior, in whose name we pray. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, look at verse 14. 1 Corinthians 2, 14, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. The natural man. That's the first man. One of these chairs will represent him. Look at the second, verse 15. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, for he himself judgeth no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Here's the second man. He's represented by one of these chairs. He's not the natural man. He's the spiritual man. And he has the mind of Christ. You know, of course, that there are no Scripture divisions in the original manuscript. So when you look at chapter 3, verse 1, the text just flows right into that. Look at verse 1, chapter 3. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal. That's the third person we're going to look at this morning. And he's represented also by one of these chairs. Carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither... Yet now are ye able, for you are carnal. You're yet carnal. For whereas there is there's among you envings and strife and divisions, are you not carnal and walk as men? And then look at the illustration of their carnality, or their immaturity, uh, their world-likeness. Verse 4, For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? I, I find it interesting that The last two times I've mounted this pulpit on Wednesday night and then this morning, both times we come to a little reference regarding like Elijah and Elisha on Wednesday night. You know, remember when the sons of the prophets, Elijah was gone up in the whirlwind and they said, let us go find him, we need to find him, we need Elisha. We need Elijah really bad and Elisha tried to tell them not to. You know, he's gone. But they just, oh, we need Elijah. They were depending so much on that one old man. And now, here in the text, he says, Let me tell you, a Mark of Carnality, I'm of Paul. No, I'm of Apollos. You know, there's people in this church that say, Well, I like Pastor Tom. I, I wish Pastor Tom wasn't going to retire. Well, Pastor Tom ain't leaving. I mean, he's he just going to take a different position. Well, I like Pastor Cameron. People have already told me that. And I say, Well, good, me too. And somebody says, Well, I like Pastor Chuck. Can you imagine that? There's, his wife is the one who told me that. But no, there's a lot of people in this church. I like, and I like Pastor James. I like Pastor uh, Jeremy. I mean, we hear that at Pastor Darren. Now, let's, not include, let's not exclude uh, Dr. Hughes up there. Listen to me. Listen. To, you, know what, you know what the Bible says? You know what Paul said? You know what the Holy Spirit said about that? That's carnal. How about we say this? I like the Word of God. Amen or not? We love what God is doing and how He's doing it. Let's not make it about a personality. My goodness. He said that's carnal. So we see three people. There's spiritual. There's carnal. There's natural. Let's look at the text one more time. But the natural man. Will you say that with me? Natural man. Receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. Look at verse 15. Uh, But that which is spiritual. Will you say that with me? Spiritual. But that which is spiritual judgeth all things. And then chapter 3 Uh, Verse 1, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto, say this with me, carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. So three kinds of people, three chairs, each chair represents someone. Listen to this. Each chair in this room represents a person, your spiritual state. Every person on the planet is represented by one of those three and one of these three chairs. And so this morning, I want to uh, give a word to our camera people. I'm going to move around just a little bit. And I'm going to be teaching on each of these three. The first chair uh, is, listen listen to this, this is really interesting to me. The first chair is a person that uh, not only has come to faith in Jesus Christ. This person has understood the gospel. But, But it's way more than that. And by the way, lest there's somebody here that doesn't understand the gospel, let me just point out real quick that man, including you, was born in sin. It all started in the garden. Ever since then, sin got passed down through every generation. And we are all born sinners. Can I get an amen on that? Just anybody, That's weak. You, you don't think you really are sinners, do you? But let me remind you that even if you're saved, you're still a sinner. You were lost, and God looked down through time in heaven and saw that you would need a Savior. You were depraved. Your sins separated you from God. If you're a believer this morning, it's not because of you. It's because of what God did next. He looked to his son, and Jesus said, Father, I will go. The only person that could ever have paid for your sins, that have never sinned one time, said, I'm going to go, and I'm going to take on that cross, and I'm going to die for the sins of that man and that woman, and that young person. He bled and died. They put him on a cross. The great news is, three days later, he got up from the cross. He is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And because God makes dead things come to life, he then, Jesus, is provided for you. And if you'll repent of your sin, you can be made a child of the Most High God. Is there any better news for this generation than that right there? I don't know of any better news than that. But this person here, chair number one, spiritual man, he's not only saved, but he is, listen to this, he willfully places himself or herself under the control of God Almighty. He's under God's authority. He's under God's direction. If the Lord says something, this man or woman, their immediate response is to follow the Lordship of Jesus Christ. He or she not only knows the Lord as a Savior, but also as a friend. This person, listen, is in a relationship with Jesus Christ. This first chair person knows Him and loves Him. He has a meaningful relationship that is growing all the while. Uh, Pastor Jeremy, will you help me just a minute, please? And will you take the... the, uh, this little cloth right here, and will you put it down, kind of help it to drape down toward the bottom on this first one, because I'm going to put two more on top of that in a minute. He's a, what we're going to call the spiritual man, and he's in the first chair. Perfect. Now, don't mess it up. Now, this is important. Um, but but note, notice, uh, it doesn't make him better than anybody else. It just means he's discovered what it means to walk, he or she, to walk with God. And when hard times come, when difficulties come, stay here with me just a minute. When, when challenging times come, listen to this. This person is anchored. He, he or she is anchored in Jesus. You know why they met Him this morning? They have a prayer life. They have a relationship with God. They are fully committed to Jesus Christ. They're not, look here, they're not just living because of one spiritual moment. You remember those high, mountaintop moments you have in your life? This person has, don't have those all the time. Hard times come too, but when difficult times come, even as hard as they are, this person continues anchored in their faith. Their true spiritual status is revealed. Stay just for a moment, and then I'm, I'll come back and, and and I'll direct you to the second one. God's spirit fills this person. Listen, if there are two words about this first chair person, obedience, singleness of heart. The first chair, man or a woman, is all about obedience. This is what God intends for every single one of His children. Blessing and joy and fulfillment and victory. This is God's plan. First chair. Sometimes pain. But it's all to make you stronger in your faith. This person is spiritual. There's another word, if you'll see the word committed or commitment, should be the first one there. I want you to see the word that you think of when you think of a first chair Christian. Now, we're not talking about works this morning. We know that you're not saved by works, not by works of righteousness, which you've done. We're talking about a believer in this first chair that's come to faith in Jesus, and this individual is a is not only a spiritual person, but a committed person. We're going to have a little more room. We'll need to go a little lower and and because we've got another couple of layers to this. But let me talk, while he's finishing that up, could take him a while. Let me give you my second, my second chair. The second chair, listen to this. The second chair is someone that has experienced new life at some point in their Christian experience. They've been born again. And and yet, listen to this very carefully, because this is where most Christians end up. This person has received new life in Jesus, but they haven't decided yet how little or how much they're going to follow Him. This person uh, is is really a carnal man. This person hasn't decided how much they're going to follow Jesus. They claim to believe everything that the first chair person believes. They claim to believe everything the first chair person believes. The only problem is, if you follow their, their lifestyle... That in many outward ways, even though they have good intentions, they are start and stop. They struggle because they love. You know the word carnal means world-like or immature. They love the things of this world. They might look a lot like 1st chair people they give. They may they go to church. But here's a couple of words that mark their life. Listen to this. Instability and inconsistency. There's no mature walk with God. Instability and inconsistency. Something desperately is missing. They are not like the first person. Did you see that? In time, if they continue down the spiral, not having a relationship with Christ, not long after, listen, their life starts to look like this third chair I'm going to get to in a little while. You see, the world has captured their affections and their attention. They love themselves. God's not on the throne. Self is on the throne. Do you see this? And here's a person that's come to faith in Jesus. There are some people who believe, oh, look, you get saved. Everybody's just going to follow the Lord completely. Oh, no, there's some people in the Bible that came to faith in Jesus that went through periods of time when they didn't grow, and they were very carnal, Peter being one of them, for some time in their life. But this one marks... A really a sad place because they're they're they've given their heart to Christ. But the, the tragedy is they're not following. They're not following Jesus Christ self. Second word for them, not commitment, but how about compromise? Compromise would be they're they're trying to walk in two worlds at the same time. Now don't you listen to me, church? You're in one of these chairs. And be honest about it. You're either sitting in the first chair as a man or a woman that's in a deep relationship with Jesus Christ, or you're not. And in this, you know, this explains a lot. How could someone do this? How could they go away? How could they sin the way they do? Do you see this? They're lacking that relationship. They're not meeting God every day. God's Word isn't sweet to them and helping them. So this is the second chair. Third chair... We call this man the natural man or woman. Natural man, Pastor Jeremy, the third chair. This is an individual. Listen to me, that has never responded to the gospel of Jesus Christ. This person, listen to me, is the natural man. Now they just do what's natural to them. This person may know, uh, may know that they're lost. There are a lot of people that absolutely know and They've told me straight up, I know I am a sinner and I know I'm lost. I've had people tell me that. Then I've had lots of people tell me, well, I'm not sure if I'm saved or not. Now, this natural person, natural man or woman, may be confused about their salvation. They may think they are. They may have had one of those emotional moments and they cried a little bit. In church, walked down an aisle, prayed a little prayer, and thought everything was all right, but no change occurred in their life. They may think that they're... He or she may think they're saved. Possibly they grew up in church. Very possibly they lived maybe in a Christian home. You say, is that possible? Heavens, yes. You know what our son Stephen would tell you? He knew all this. He sat in this church, in that little building, and then here. He heard the gospel again and again. But he said it was not until he blew it in a major way and he was confronted with his sin. And even after that, when he went away to college, that he recognized he was lost and on his way to hell. He was a natural man. In fact, the truth is, two of our children made professions of faith when they were younger, only to later in life recognize, as young adults, that they were lost. That's happened to some of you. You know, and all the while, listen to me, natural natural people might think, a natural man, a natural woman might think they're all right, and they might think that if they die in their shape, my mama was a Christian, my daddy was a Christian, everything's all right, and think they're going to go to heaven. Listen to me, this breaks my heart. They're spiritually—they they're, don't discern the spiritual thing. Did you see what I said in the scripture? They don't understand. They don't get it. Praying a little prayer, walking down an aisle, signing a card has nothing to do. With your eternity in heaven and true Bible salvation, it's a heart decision. Who was it that said, most people will miss heaven by about that far? Which is the distance between their head and their heart. They make some kind of mental assent to it. This person also, the natural man, chair number three, he or she may have consciously rejected God. Now, you didn't hear much about that when I was a little boy growing up. But today, there are people that will boldly tell you they don't believe anything. In fact, when they're filling out an application of some sort, and there's a mark there for religious affiliation, there's a place that says none, they'll circle none of the above. They're what is called the nuns, N-O-N-E-S. Here's a person, listen to me, this third chair, natural man or woman. There's a gulf of sin that lies between them and God. And until that man or woman kneels at the cross of Jesus, they are at odds with their Creator. And they will, here's a sad thing, they'll never know their eternal purpose. None of us were created outside of a purpose. God's intended plan for my life... And the word, not commitment, not compromise, but the word for the natural man is the word conflict, because the natural woman or the natural man or the natural teenager is struggling. There's a struggle going on. Um, I remember just a few weeks back, and I'm looking for them. I hope they're here this morning. I don't think they are, but there's a couple that I love that I have just met. I'm building a friendship with, and they knew a family in our church, and The family was loving them and building a relationship over the years. And then when tragedy struck struck their family, this young man, his wife and two little children uh, started asking big questions about the future. Here was a natural man. And in the middle of all of that, uh, somehow or another, I got invited to go over and spend a little time with them. And they were hungry to hear the gospel. You know what I believe? I think people want to know truth. I'm convinced folks want to know, what does God have to say about me and the place I'm in right now and does God have a plan for my life? And the answer is, yes, He does. And it's wonderful. It's big. I will have to tell you this, and most people won't tell you, but it's true, that in some ways, a person in chair three, the natural man, in some ways, his life's easier than those of us in the other two chairs. You say, how do you mean that? Well, they don't have to answer to anybody. They get to do just exactly what they want to do, the way they want to do, period. And that's all right for right now. But how many of you know that this world's not lasting forever? And the truth is, there is pleasure in sin, but it's only for a season. They want their own way. And you know why... Boy, the Lord brought this scripture to my heart while I was praying and studying. The God of this world hath blinded the minds of those that believe not. They don't get it. They don't see it. They're doing just what comes natural. But believe you me, there's a conflict in that third chair man or woman. There's a a conflict in their breast. And only God can change that. Only the Spirit of God can penetrate that. Let me give you my, be- my best news of the day. The good news is for a third chair guy or gal, listen, you're a candidate for the greatest breakthrough and transformation in your whole life. You don't have to stay in chair three. You don't have to live there and be a natural man or a woman your whole life. Oh, no. You get to move, if you want to, one chair or two chairs. It's your choice to come to faith in Jesus Christ. Some would take away all your free choices and say, God foreordained you to go to hell. I say to you, that's a lie out of a pit. That God Almighty sent Jesus for whosoever will, let him come. That's what the Bible says. So three chairs, three pictures, three spiritual states. And we all fit into one of these, no exceptions. Are you examining yours right now? Now, I want to show you a couple more things. Pastor Jeremy, will you help me one more time? This person in chair number one, the spiritual man, is also saved. He is born from above. He's experienced the gospel. He's in a relationship with Jesus. He is saved. He don't have to worry all the time and wring his hands. He's saved and washed in the blood. And he's going to heaven because he's saved. Now, the second chairman, would you think he's saved too or not? The answer is yes. Now, if you believe a man can be saved and then lose it. And get saved and lose it. Again, I love what Kenneth said. While he's putting saved up there, I will remind you that a lot of the folks that want to tell us... and. That, uh, uh, that they've experienced uh, the removal of their old nature. That their sin has been gone. They don't sin anymore. Same crowd. Believes they can lose their salvation. Now, how will you tell me how they could get it back in there again? The old nature. And then do something and lose again. I, I can't, I'm trying to figure how the, all, that, all that works. I will tell you that the second chairman may be saved, but he's miserable. She's miserable. There's no joy in fulfillment. They have just enough Jesus. To cause them to feel conviction all the time. Because they're not in a relationship with Him. They're just fulfilling a responsibility. You ain't got no more room, do we? You're doing pretty good, though. Put the relationship up for the first one. Because we got that around here. No, that ain't around here. I'm making that up in my head just while I'm going along. No, no, no. Don't put a pencil on it. That's in my mind, but I never met a paper made for that one. Or a cloth made. Amos made this these cloths. But look, can I tell you something? Save, save. Now, what about chair three? He or she saved? What? Nope. Unsaved there, Pastor Jeremy. And then I think your work is done. Aren't you glad? Thank you so much. <sighs> Pastor, you've finished almost. Let me apply this. When you think about your relationship to God, your relationship to God, you think you're a first-chair person? If so, let me tell you something about your relationship to God. God is first. Self is second. For chair number one, the spiritual man, God is first. Self is second. You know when I told a young man attends our church, God's speaking to him, he thinks God's calling him to preach, I think so too. And he told me something he really loves, he's passionate about, and he wants to be a part of that too. I said, I think God will let you enjoy both. But you have to be willing to, to lay that at the feet of Jesus. If you're going to be in the first chair, it's not God plus something else. It's God. He must be first. Self must be second. But hey, if you're a second chair, carnal man, you're saved. And you're trying to live both. But you're in that second chair. It's self first. You, anybody know what I'm talking about? Some of you are there. Some of, I've been there. Self is first and God is second. Now God's still there. But, Lord, I, I'm going to do what I want to do. And then if it fits now, Lord, I'm going to find a little time for you. There's nothing else for me to do this weekend, Lord. I, I will swing by the church and throw a dollar in the plate and give you a tip. But you see the difference in a relationship and not. And then, finally, thinking about uh, thinking about these, these men, if it's God first in the first chair self second and it's self first and God second in the second chair what do you, do you think it is over here how about self only if you're a natural man it don't matter what God says to you he's not in your life what drives you is what you want you know the biggest battle we have I believe is not with Satan he gets a lot of blame for a lot of things we do boy the devil he was the one it may just be your dirty rotten flesh And your choice in self to respond. Let me give you one more as you think about these chairs and how it relates to you. Well, first of all, if you're in chair one, you're enjoying, listen to this, a relationship with Jesus Christ. And look here, I don't like to talk about Terry all the time. I know you don't want me to talk about it all the time. But the truth is, when I, lo- I found her and I fell in love with her, I didn't just want to see her every now and then. I wanted to see her every day. I didn't just want to talk to her every now and then. I wanted to talk to her every day. I still want to talk to her every day. I, I mean, we, we're in a relationship, see. In a first-chair relationship with God, I love Him. I have to be with Him. I have to have time with Him. Hear Him speak to me. In the Word. my talk to Him in prayer. I'm in a relationship with Him. But if you're in chair two, listen to me. It's not a relationship you're enjoying. It's responsibility that you're fulfilling. Okay, I've got to go to church. Give my money. Read my Bible. What a miserable way to live. You know who I think is more miserable on this whole thing? I think this guy is. This cat is at least having some fun in the world. It's going to cost him. Could cost him his soul. But this one is miserable. Because he's trying, he or she is trying to fulfill a responsibility. And God don't, Terry don't want me to love her because I have to. All right. I guess we have to go out to dinner, Terry. No. No, she wouldn't want that kind of a relationship. Do you see it? Relationship. With God. I'm a first chair. I have a daily relationship. Intimacy with Him. A quiet time. I'm riding down in the field with my sprayer going. And as that sprayer spraying in feels, I'm talking to Jesus and crying out to Him and bringing my heart to Him. Chris. I mean, I'm in a relationship with Him, you see. You see that? By the way, do you want a pastor that's fulfilling a responsibility? Or do you want one that's in a relationship with Jesus Christ? Do you want a daddy who's fulfilling a responsibility and fitting God in when He wants to and can? Or do you want a daddy or a mama that are in love with Jesus Christ? Which one you think is going to be the most effective? But if this is a relationship, chair one, and this is a responsibility... What about this one? This third chair, listen to me, this natural man, at best has a little religion. He or she, by the way, Billy Graham said our churches are full of lost people. Think they're saved. Go through some little story. At the very best, a third chair natural man has a little religion, but there are going to be a many that will burn in hell one day. You say, how do you know that? Because of Matthew chapter 7 that said, many will say unto me in that day, have we not done many wonderful works and even prophesied in your name and on and on and on and him say depart from me I never knew you into everlasting fire. So let me wrap this up and then I'm going to ask you a hard question. Which chair right now, right now, are you in right now? Can I be honest and confess a sin and tell you that right here is where I've spent some time when I wasn't really ready to submit to his full authority and lordship. That I ended up, and I, when you're here, you're more there than you are here. First chair, second chair, third chair. But let me give you in closing um, some reasons why we ought to shift to chair one. First of all, if this don't sound good to you at all, You need to find out, first of all, if you've ever been born again. Because there's a desire in the heart of a true child of God that draws us to Him. That draws us to His Word. That draws us to prayer. The Spirit of God does that work. but Let me give you a few reasons why to shift to chair one. Number one, for the glory of God. It's not for you, it's for Him. You will glorify Him upon the earth. He will get glory from your life, and His name will be glorified and honored, and people are going to know Him because of that. And when you get to heaven, you'll be able to hear Him say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, and know that you, you brought glory to God. Number two, there's a second reason I would challenge you to shift to chair one, and it is this, the gospel of Jesus Christ. When I got to this point in the first sermon, there were two little girls, and they were walking down the back side of that middle balcony on their way out. And I saw them, and it was Kaylee and Avery. Kaylee and Avery Hall. I hesitate to say names because some of you are chair one people, and I know it. And then there's some of you that make, me, make us want to thank you, chair one. You're sitting in chair two, sure as you are in the world. And I don't know your heart. Some of you are probably sitting in chair three and are going to get saved this morning. But them two little girls started walking down. I've been with them enough. I've watched them on these C-Y-I-A, Christian Youth in Action, afternoons, share Jesus and love those children to Jesus. And I could just see them two little chair one youngins walking down through there. And I thought to myself, listen to me, I thought two things. I thought to myself, number one, there are two. And I said it, you know, sometimes some things come out before I uh, can catch it real good. I said, you see them two little girls, everybody turn around and look. And then probably embarrassed the daylight out of them. And we all turn around and look. There's two little chair one. You can be a chair one person. For the gospel of Jesus Christ, you could do it as a child, as a teenager, as an adult. My second thought was, I'm going to find out if they got a club this week and if they're sharing Jesus anywhere, and they are at a sports club in Fayetteville called Rick's something over there, a big sports club. I said to myself, I have the joy of having my oldest, older grandchildren here with me. I'm taking them to see that this week. For the glory of God, for the gospel of Jesus, last point. For the generation to come. I'm going to close with this. Here's the reason to shift to chair one. For the generations to come. I have six grandchildren. If the Lord tells His coming before I die, I'm going to see great-grandchildren. I have people in my life, generations of them in this church that we've watched follow Jesus and serve Him and love Him. It's a joy. I want you to listen to what happens between chair number one and chair number three. And you're going to choose this for your family. You're going to choose this for your children and your grandchildren. And you don't have a choice. If you're watching this, you're going to choose. Watch this. Chair number one people know God. Chair number two people know of God. They don't have a personal connection. They just know of God. Chair number three people, listen to this, know not God. You want to see the proof of this? Go to the Old Testament. One generation after another, one worshiped God and loved God. Then they got away from God and the evil began to penetrate And before long. They went from knowing God to knowing about God to knowing not God. But when it comes to the generations, it goes further than that. You see, if you're a chair one person, you have a first-hand faith. You pray and see God at work. And your children and grandchildren see it. You've got a first-hand faith. But if you're sitting in this chair, at best you have a second-hand faith because you had someone in your life that had a first-hand faith. But in the third chair, listen to this. This is what you passed down. You have no faith at all. How tragic. But it doesn't stop there. You see this first chair person, he or she's not saved by works. But because they are saved and faith without works is dead, they're going to have works that follow them. They're going to love God and love others. And they're going to give and they're going to share. And they're going to be a blessing. They have works. Listen, this second crowd, listen to this. They saw the works. Second generation. They don't have any of themselves, but they saw others. And finally, the third, don't even believe in the works of God. Finally, for a person that's sitting in chair one, they love the Bible. This person loves God's Word, and they submit their lives to God's Word. Boy, I wouldn't give you a nickel for all this crowd that wants to talk a big talk, but their life doesn't line up with what they say. This chair one person, submit. if they come to a service and somebody's preaching or teaching something and they know they're not right about that, their lives are different than that, they bring their life in line with that. They submit to the Word of God. But if you're in chair two, listen to this. You don't submit to it. You respect the Bible, but you don't submit to the Bible. You respect the Bible. Saved, yes, but you respect the Bible. Finally, over there, guess what? Third chair, natural man. You own a Bible. Hmm. You don't read it. God doesn't speak to you. But you have one. You think you're all right because you're born in a Christian nation. That's questionable, isn't it, today? Which chair are you in right now? I'm not asking which one you'd like to be in. I'm not asking you which one your mom and dad was in. There's a middle school girl in this room. She's going to tell me after the service her thoughts on this. But she said in Sunday school this morning, they were talking, the ones that were in the early service, were talking about this truth, this illustration. Something powerful about illustrations. I hope today around the table, you'll sit with your family. And you'll be honest, Daddy, Mom. If you found yourself sitting in that second chair, that you'll repent and your kids will know about it. And by God's grace, you'll get your tail in that first chair. And you'll ask God to help you. You'll fail, son. But you'll ask God, Lord, help me. I want to live right here with you. I love that verse where Moses, God's talking to him. He said, hey, Moses, there's a place by me. Where are you? Young people, which chair? You've been telling everybody you're saved. Are you really? God knows it. Will you be honest about it today? Father, I feel the convicting work of the Holy Spirit in this hour. This could be a life-changing moment for someone in this room. An adult, a student, a grandmom or a granddaddy. you, You said... Lord that you sent the Holy Spirit to reveal to convict the world of sin righteousness and judgment would you do that now will you help these altars to fill up with people that are recognizing where they are and where we need to be and Father I pray for the natural men and women and young people in this room please God please Please don't let anybody go to hell off these church seats. Draw them, Holy Ghost. Do what it takes to move them from that seat to a saved seat. And then, Lord, take believers that are carnal and make us spiritual men and women so that you will...